right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday night. I'm Elio, he's Ben, and this is a PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. Ben, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. This is going to be one of our uh, one of our most highly anticipated shows of the year because it is AEW Double or Nothing preview show. But yes. as as always, we can't just do that. We have to give you the week that was in, in WWE. I know. Yes, I'm, we're, I'm we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna raise the bet. Oh, and what? And oh, this is this is no, interesting. I'm saying we're gonna raise the bet by uh, giving them not only the AEW uh, predictions but also the regular week in review. Absolutely, and uh, and we're gonna we're gonna try to keep this show uh, nice and tight for you, so maybe we won't have to be here for two and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> because I tell you. Because I tell you, I yeah. Sometimes I, I after after a certain point, I do I do get tired, and then I look at the clock. I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but with that with that being said, um, we will uh, we will not hold you up any further. And no, we can talk about our week, uh, the week that we had on Tuesday in the reaction show. We'll save that for Tuesday. Absolutely. And, uh, and, um, you know, we got to get over all the weekend festivities anyway. And and in case my co-host decides to get drunk on Memorial Day, I don't know what he does. Memorial Um, Day. We had our our holiday last week. But, well, oh, I'm sorry. I I forget. Yes, my co-host is Canadian. Sorry. Um, But anyway... Um, let's jump into Monday Night Raw. And Elio, I'm sure you can agree with me that you certainly do have to be drunk to watch Monday Night Raw. <laughs> you know what? On the off air before we went on, you were telling me that my drinking iced tea is a step in the right direction from a step up from Mount Insure. Yeah. I have to drink Insure in order to watch Monday Night Raw because it's the only way I can get through the show. Well, I don't blame you, my man, because I let me, let me tell you something. I always have Mountain Dew within arm's reach, but that is never more true than it is on Monday nights because, my God, this show sucks. Okay, I'm going to just give you my quick highlights and lowlights, okay? Really? There were, there were, there were highlights? Okay. Well, well for, for, for me, there were. Okay. The old, first of all, the lowlights. I'm gonna go with the opening segment. That was just bad. I don't care about this whole Drew, uh, Drew McIntyre, Kofi. Now they're putting Kofi Kingston in this, and uh, he and uh, McIntyre had their match, and, and I'm just done with this whole Bobby Lashley McIntyre thing. So I get yeah. that. That's one yeah. of my lowlights. Absolutely. My other lowlight. This was really stupid. Now, um. There was a beat the clock match. Was there only one beat the clock? Yeah, and, and how okay, s- that was stupid. That was my other low light. I give that a I gave that a zero point five. That was terrible. Well, and how and on top of it not really being a beat the clock challenge match, um, how stupid does Rhea Ripley have to be not to be able to see the giant fucking c- countdown clock on the screen? But also, <laughs> did you see? 
She kept uh, telling Nikki, look at the clock. Meanwhile, meanwhile she's wasting time. Yeah, mean, <laughs> mean, meanwhile, meanwhile, uh, Nikki is uh, Nikki is escaping with a meaningless victory. Like, but that whole like, segment what, what, was meaningless. Like, what are you doing? You're, you're like telling Nikki to pay attention to the clock. You should be paying attention because you just look stupid standing there while Nikki Cross uh, lasts the whole two minutes. Yeah, way to, way to go with making your women's champion look oh, like a dumbass <laughs> on live television. All right, so um, let's see. So for me, for the highlights, I do have only a couple because the rest of them were all bad. My two highlights were first of all the Xavier Woods Matt Riddle because I just like Matt. I just like Matt Riddle, and I like this arcade bro team. Absolutely, and, and that that was a very good match. I agree. I've seen I'm sick and tired of New Day, but I do like Xavier a little better than Kofi Kingston. I can see that, definitely. And my other highlight was Charlotte Flair and Asuka. Yeah, I mean, look, we could we could go on a rant regarding Charlotte on pretty much any other week. Um, but, um, but, but yes, I thought that this match was very, very good. Do I want to see them again in the, in the ring? Uh, no, because we've, we've just seen that combination ad nauseum, which was the exact reason why I was hesitant to see them in this match. But having said that the match ended, ended up going very well. So I can't really knock them, and I'm going to have to uh, give Charlotte some credit. So, so. You know, th- that's my two highlights. The rest were all low lights, and I gave the show overall, I gave the show a 1.61, which translates into a D. Well, it, it, it's hilarious, and I'm wondering, did you say 1.6 on purpose? No, no, actually, I have that written down. Because, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, my co-host may have may have accidentally done something very, very special. Because the rating for this week's edition of Monday Night Raw was, in fact, one point six. Holy jeez. Wow. That was that was the T oh. that was that was the TV rating oh, in terms of in, in terms of viewers on Monday Night Raw. This is a historical episode. When you when you said that, I'm like, wait a minute, is he is he setting this up as a transition to tell us the rating? No, no, I, I literally had that because the way we do it on the other show, on my other show is we give we give matches, uh, like go through all the matches. We do one to five. Then at the end, after we're done, we add it all up and we divide it by the number of matches that, that took place. Oh, very good. So, yeah, you, uh, we definitely did have a historical moment just now. All right, so that, that was... Um, you, you got it exactly right to a T. <laughs> so that is my uh, review of uh, Raw Short, Quick and Short. Not going to bore the fans with all the meaningless drivel in between. 
Well, I'm sure I'm sure they appreciate that. And because... I'm getting I'm getting sick and tired of these stupid camera stuff. Like, when are they gonna stop oh, oh, that? It, oh, it gives me a headache. I when are they know. gonna stop that? They really need to. They're, they're not because because look, and I'm going to try to stop myself from going on a rant because we really do want this show to go nice and smooth, mm-hmm. and uh, you know. When I do Monday Night Raw, I, I can't help but go on rants because it just makes me physically ill. It's the worst show on TV, let alone the, the worst wrestling show of the week. Um, but but the, the thing is, the, WWE as a product doesn't have any motivation to change anything that they're doing uh, on a variety of fronts. Because even though the uh, the show sucks, uh, they're making more money now than they than they ever have in their life. So, er, so why would they change it? And on top of that, so one of the one of the things that they've been changing lately is the announce team. Yes, I they got rid of Andon Burke. They released him. Well, yeah, and and I do want to say something about that, but but the thing is, the announce team is not what needs to be changed. You oh. need a massive overhaul of the overall product, not changes behind the announce table. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, in 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 because here, here's the thing. So you know how everybody's been bitching about the the no crowds and all that, and and that's just that's justifiable, Abs- absolutely. I, I I am not disagreeing with you whatsoever. I am so excited for double or nothing to have actual motherfucking full capacity people mm-hmm. in in this motherfucker tomorrow night. So I'm so incredibly pumped up, but I do want to. I do want to call something to your attention and, and get your thought process on this because you can say what you want about crowds. You can say what you want about the camera cuts and, and the presentation and, and the no noise and all that other crap. I can deal with all that if, if at the end of the day we're getting a good wrestling product on TV and the in-ring stuff is on point. Now, on uh, now on Raw this past week, I'm going to give them credit. The majority of the in-ring stuff was very, very good. It was the storytelling aspect of things that continues to suck the very life force out of my soul. Um, but um, so if we were getting very good wrestling on a consistent basis, then then yeah, I would have no problem uh, with this. But but see, that's the issue. WWE wants to focus on all the. Um, you know, the artificial surface things and, and make the show look polished and pretty and nice and all that other crap. And I'm, I'm not interested in that. I want to see good quality professional wrestling with storytelling that doesn't make me want to gouge my fucking eyeballs out and play marbles with them. I agree. I just don't, I'm like the, the, um, 
the priorities of, of this company are ass backwards. Now, getting on to Adnan Verk very quickly before we um, before we move on to um, NXT. It was very clear from from day one that N- Adnan Verk was not the guy. Why did they bring him in? <laughs> Because he because he was buddy buddy with WWE's new president, aka Nick Khan, who clearly doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. But at, at least at least in reference to Adnan Burke, because like I said, it, it was just not a fit from day down one. Um, we're gonna need a bigger boat. Shut the fuck up, Adnan. What the fuck? <laughs> 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 You know, I never thought I would say this, Elio, but I uh, I think Adnan Verk gave Mike Adamley a run for his money. I, re- I really do. He would get shit wrong constantly. Yeah, and J- Jeff Harvey. <laughs> well, like, exactly. I think actually, actually, um, I heard on uh, this one show, uh, I forget what it was, but yeah, they actually played a clip of Howard Finkel announcing him as Jeff Harvey, accidentally announcing him as Jeff Harvey. Well, I'm I'm willing to forgive Howard but Finkel. But that, that's different because Howard Finkel, he's How, been there forever. Howard, Howard Finkel could announce, uh, you know, goldfish racing and make it exciting. Yep. Okay. Mike Adamley and Adnan Burke. Fuck, fuck no. <laughs> so, so yes, I'm I'm very happy that um that uh, Adnan Burke went bye bye, and that was a very short seven week experiment. As to his replacement, I actually am semi familiar with his replacement, Jimmy Smith, because he. Uh, he was uh, an announcer for uh, Bellator MMA, which is uh, is something that I am uh, familiar with because I'm an MMA guy as well. Um, and I I can tell you that um, that while I'm not sure how he'll translate to professional wrestling, I have a lot more faith in Jimmy Smith than I do Adnan Burke because. He he is he he was very good at doing the combat sports element of things, and I think that 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 if you come from a combat sports background, um, then that translates much better to uh, talking about pro wrestling than in the studio, um, you know, baseball analyst, so to speak. Um. You know, and and it's it's just sad that WWE is is focusing on the small shit when you know when there is a, is a gaping hole everywhere else on the ship, and yet you wanna you wanna cover up the smallest leak with a band aid and just and and just let the let the jaws of life just absolutely sink your ship. I, I don't 
That made no sense, but neither does neither does the WWE television on a weekly basis. So it's just one of those things that really frustrates me. But moving on to NXT and the second half of our double of our double dose of Canela, Elliot. What do yes. you got? All right. So, so for NXT. My highlights, let's see. I don't know how many uh, highlights I really have here. I The, the opening match wasn't bad. Ember Moon, Shazi Blackheart. Yeah. Uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't think I gave that like a two point, a two and a half star. Well, that that's decent. At least you didn't shit yourself. Pete, because... Dunn, and, Pete Dunn and Bobby Fish, uh, I, have, I have that one. It's a three. Yeah. I that agree. Was, uh, pretty much, uh, that's pretty much it. I enjoyed the Bronson Reed because Bron- I thought Bronson Reed looked good this week. What did you think of the main event? Valor versus uh, Cross? Uh, I don't know. After the first one, uh, I found it to be like somewhat similar. I don't know. I'm, just, I'm done with Finn Balor on NXT. Well, I well, I think I think he is done on NXT, but I'm I'm gonna have to go the other way with this on you because I uh, because after their takeover match, I thought they really shouldn't do this again for a while because the takeover match was so good. Um, but they, uh, I I felt that they really did deliver in in this main event. Was it was it pay per view? Um, I'm not sure because TakeOver just has a different feel to it mm-hmm. um, than just a regular TV taping. But I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to in your house. That That's going to be good. Yes. That'll be, that'll be a, a, a late birthday present for me. Um, I, I, am, I am very much looking forward to, to that. So we have early and late birthday presents for Ben. Surrounded by two crab feasts to round it out, so very good. Um, but um, but yeah, I like I said, um, Killer Cross and Finn Balor, you know, you just can't go wrong with it. So I thought both matches were very good. I would get, I would give the slight edge to their takeover. Uh, Match because I I always think that the originals are going to be better than follow ups in most cases um, because when it's original we you know you haven't seen it before and you really have an opportunity to tear the house down without you know the burden of expectation so um, but still a very good TV match. My low light, okay, you know what? Frankie Monet. I am not a fan of Frankie Monet at all. Uh, no, I, uh, no, I, I just, I don't get it. However, Cora Jade, uh, 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 we're gonna have to add her to Team Yummy. That's it. That's all. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. Absolutely. Um, I thought the million dollar face off could have been better than it was. I wasn't sure where they were they were supposed to go with that. Well, it was it was so stupid because now it ended with 
uh, Ted DiBiase seemingly aligning himself with uh, LA Knight, which I'm like, Swiss, what the? Yeah, it was what? like million dollar face off. Okay, when see where this goes, it didn't go anywhere. It was stupid and, and pointless. Uh, I'm like, LA Knight came completely out of left field. Thanks, Triple H. I mean, what the fuck was that? And Mercedes Martinez versus Zeta Ramir. Uh, I don't know uh, what to think about Zeta Ramir. I think that uh, that win she got over Tony Storm was just a one, one, just like Leon Ruff. It was just a one shot thing. And uh, now she's back to like jo- losing matches. Well, for for now, yeah. Um, speaking of uh, Mercedes Martinez, not to brush over anything else, but. Um, after her match, I, I first of all I love Mercedes Martinez. I I absolutely do, and for for her to be in the business as long as she has and finally getting some shine on NXT, absolutely love it. Um, I love the fact that they teased um, an upcoming program with Sylee. Um, that was the whole deal with the mark on her hand when the lights came back yep. up. I noticed um, that, yeah. And um, I, and on on top of on top of that, I just uh, Mercedes Martinez has that very uncommon look when it comes to women in wrestling, and like like she's like, I'm going to kill you. I'm not, you know. She has a very Shayna Baszler esque kind of thing. But it's like it's Shayna like Baszler versus Mercedes Martinez. Book it. Yeah, but can we get it back in an NXT building, please? Because Shayna Shayna Baszler with Nia Jax, I have never felt so bad for a performer in my life than I do when I see Shayna Baszler being anchored to the Titanic that is oh, Nia uh, Jax. Uh, I'm sorry, I have to go back to Raw for a minute. Because that main event, what the hell? Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler versus <laughs> Natalia and Tamina. And the at the end, it's the freaking Reginald, that dumbass, just walks down, down the ramp to the ring. Then he, he's walking back up. He, he, he runs into a fire. So I suppose he, like, it burned his face. Then Shayna goes and uh, checks on him and then yells at him and says, next week it's him versus her. Oh God! Oh, okay. Now, now, now we have Reginald versus Shayna Baszler. How far can Shayna Baszler possibly fall? Oh my! Like, that's going to be terrible. She was the most dominant woman in NXT history, with the exception of Asuka. And now she's being treated like this. It's at, it's absolute, unequivocal bullshit to the nth degree. That's, that's going to be terrible. Yes, it is. And you know what? I'm not watching it. I I will not watch that segment of Monday Night Raw next it's week. It's okay. I'll, I'll watch it again and cover Raw next week as well. But, well, thank you, and and it probably, to be honest with you, Elio, it probably serves to shorten this show. It really does because, as I told the the fans earlier, you know, I have to apologize to them to to a certain degree when I review Brawl. 
uh, because I I can't help myself. I have to go on a rant. Now, look, I understand that it's my job to come on here and entertain you people. I, I absolutely love it. Um, but I want you to know that, that when I am talking about Monday Night Raw, that, that is not... That is not created anger. That is not me putting on a show. That is me legitimately pissed off. I cannot believe what I witness on Monday Night Raw on a weekly basis. And and to that point, I th- when you originally skipped the main event of, of Monday Night Raw, I, I realized you skipped it, but I... I didn't bring it up because I, I figured you were trying to spare the fans some pain. Uh, but uh, no, I just had to I just had to bring up that one part because I thought that was so stupid and it's going to be terrible. Exactly. So, um, but over, overall, I would say a very um, solid episode of of uh, NXT. Okay. I, uh, what, what do you have? I, I would get I would give it a, a, a C plus B minus. Yeah, um, I'm a, I'm there. Yeah, I've got I've got a one point six. I gave like a a D plus to a C minus. Just because uh, like a lot of uh, low points on the show, like the million dollar uh, face yeah. off and uh, Frankie Monet and uh, the hit row promo. I didn't really enjoy the hit row promo this week. No, I didn't either. Okay, so um, moving on, we are now going to hand the mic over to Marks on uh, on um, social media. You're gonna be like, "Oh, this was such a good setup show for Double or Nothing." Oh no! This this show absolutely oh. fucking sucked. Oh. Uh, let me let me let me explain to you what what um what I'm referring to if I could, okay. because the website that I'm using to re- to review these shows, um you know they just give you the match lineup and you know so some of what happened in the matches blah blah blah, right? Well, I don't. Some of these people must be on either Vince McMahon or Tony Khan's payroll because they oh. are just. I have never seen so much ass kissing in all my life. Oh, this particular gentleman. I'm not going to name names because I'm not in the in the business of being an asshole. But he ranked this show. Are you ready for this? A seven out of ten. Wow. In what world is this a semi? Is this a seven out of ten? I really, I really the, don't. The, 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 here, a seven out of ten is like a seventy percent, which is like a B. Well, in my world, it's a C. In the American uh, measurement system, it's it's a C. But okay, I, I wow. just, but seven out of ten. But even that's just being entirely too generous. Okay, so I don't even want to do lowlights and highlights. What, what I'm what I'm gonna do is, well, well, I guess I have to. 
So the low light absolutely was the weigh-in for Cody Rhodes and Anthony Agogo. What? Yes, there was an official weigh-in. What the fuck? Even though there are not, there are no such things as weigh-ins in professional wrestling. Are you kidding? What? Why? Oh, yeah. Hold on, before you go on, I'm looking at the grade that that segment got. The the because oh I'm a Bleacher Report. I'm following along with you. The weigh-in they gave that an F. <laughs> well, yes, finally. <laughs> <laughs> I I agree, oh, because because ladies and gentlemen, you'll never guess who the uh, official for the weigh-in was. Oh no, it's Paul White. No more BS, Paul White, <sighs> except when he becomes the official for the weigh-in for Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Agogo. It was so <laughs> fucking painful. Oh. Why? What the fuck? <laughs> well, I mean, well, well, is there a reason you skipped the first match, though? Uh, well, well, I'm, 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 get, I'm getting to that. Oh, oh no, because, because on, on, like I'm saying, on Bleacher, it's got the first match, and then the win is the second segment. It's like well, afterwards. Right, but uh, but I'm, I'm just I'm, I have oh, to call okay. I had to call attention to the ultimate low light first. Oh my first. god! Oh, oh because my, first my, of my all, head, my head. <laughs> first of all, not to be an asshole, but I don't think Paul White belongs anywhere near traditional scales uh, for a for a multitude oh of reasons. God. One, one he'll shatter them, but two. When he's in charge of a of a TV segment involving one, he clearly doesn't know how to use it. That when, was when he doesn't know how to use it, like he didn't know how to. Uh, where, uh, he he was having so much trouble, like uh, calibrating the scales and oh my like, getting gosh. The, getting oh. the most accurate weight. I mean, good God, it was just you know. Uh, okay, go was, on. It was so painful. And then, okay, here's the thing for the, for the first segment. It was, um, it was Cesar Bononi versus Darby Allen with, uh, with the wingman at ringside. Wingman? What? What's a, what wingman? Uh, first of all, that's a good question because, I didn't know who the fuck the wingmen were. This is apparent. This is apparently a new uh, thing here. Is this uh, is that for Darby Allen or is it for Cesar Bononi? Um, Cesar Bononi. Oh, did he have um? What's his name? Peter Avalon and uh, Ryan Namath or whatever with him. Uh, I I didn't I didn't see who they were, but then. After after this very short match, um, out comes um, uh, oh, what the fuck? Um, Sting? No, no, because Sting was at ringside. It was um, oh yeah, surprise. it was it was Ethan it was Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Okay, all right. 
And listen, I I'm actually a big fan of Scorpio Sky. So if this if this segment leads us to getting more Scorpio Sky on a weekly basis, um, I'm all I'm all for that. Um, but um, but I just don't understand why would you introduce a new a new, unless these people are on AEW Dark or something. Unless the wingmen are on AEW Dark, but I mean, why? They, they, they have a lot of names that like uh, no one knows on Dark. Uh, I guess that's uh, why they're they're on Dark because they they still have a lot of work. Yeah, but but it it, it, it didn't add anything to, to the to the after the match uh, segment. It was just it was just very bad. Um, okay, because. After after the match, which which was only four minutes long, um, Darby grabbed the microphone and says he wants to fight Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky tonight versus doing it at Double or Nothing. Oh no no don't just stop. So, the, <laughs> the wingmen who are apparently uh, Page and Sky's henchmen attack them from behind and. And then we go to commercial break, and then here comes the uh, the weigh-in segment, which I'm not going to go through again because it was fucking awful. Um, and then Hangman Page versus Joey Janela was on kiss. Why are these two facing off? Joey Janela is the most irrelevant talent on uh, on. Dynamite on a weekly basis. I just I am not a fan of Joey Chanel at all. I remember when we covered that all in pay per view on the first episode. Joey Janelle, I had never seen this guy before. All in, no, no, and like he's he's like a D level player on Dynamite that we see you at once every couple months or something. I and I, I just don't get it. And why, why in the hell? It's, it's Sunny Kiss with him. Oh, let, let me guess. Oh, oh, I know. Take me, Elio. Can I answer the okay. question? Um, the hyper, the hyper uh, co-host uh, on my screen. Yes, what's your answer? Because they're both from Jersey. Oh, wow. What, what a trivia question. God, I, you know, th- there's so much about dynamite that I really do enjoy, but then they come out and do stupid shit like this, and I just don't care. Speaking of stupid, 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 stupid shit. Oh no, what do you got? We got. Jade Cargill, who now has a new manager accompanying, is it that guy that 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 was uh that was uh there last week that was trying to like uh um... yes it, it was it was it was the same guy yeah, of, who, course, who, of course we all knew we all knew would be him no 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 but if you remember the first time we saw this guy he was MJF's lawyer during yep, his. Yep. Con- Yep. During his contract negotiation with John Moxley, right, going into uh, Winter Is Coming, and I swear to God, 
Why does Jade Cargill need Mark Sterling? I don't understand it. Um, and why is Jade Cargill still, still doing squash matches? She's 6-0. and I think we've seen enough squash matches. Speaking of squash matches, ladies and gentlemen, why is... Why is Miro defending the TNT Championship less than a week before the pay-per-view where he's already scheduled to defend it against against um, Lance Archer? I, I mean, come now, on. I, I'm looking at it. this. He defended it against Dante Martin. Yeah, and like, okay, I get it. We know that that's supposed to be a splash match to give Miro momentum into um, into the uh, pay-per-view, but Miro doesn't need fucking momentum. He's a monster. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Maybe he does need to be showcased in a more serious fashion because up until he won the TNT championship a, a few weeks ago, He's been playing video games with Kip Sapien. What the fuck is going on with Miro? So I am looking forward to him having a match with with uh, Lance Archer because I do think that'll be a good match. But this this, this whole thing did not need to be happening. Not not at all. And then. And then here comes Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page for their for their second appearance of the evening. This time in a match versus Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. Um, what? what? Why is this a thing? I don't understand. And why? Why in the hell are we having another celebration of the Inner Circle ahead of their match? Ahead of their match. There were a lot of celebrations on this season. I'm looking here. Hikaru Shida's championship celebration. Oh my god! But, but that's that, that's the thing. Why are we having so championship celebrations yeah, and, a, and inner circle one. celebrations before their matches at the big pay per view? And then, then, see, this is what pisses me off the most. Okay. Just a just a thought, and I, I I may end up going on a little bit of a rant about this because this just pissed me the fuck off. On on two different fronts here. Okay, we have the championship presentation to to Hikaru Shida. Now keep in mind this was a special Friday night edition of SmackDown. So nearly 48 hours before their, their biggest pay-per-view of the, of the year, um, they are going to give Hikaru Shida a payroll celebration, and the, and they presented her with a new with a new championship, a, a bigger one, so it doesn't look like she's carrying around a child's toy anymore. So that's good. But 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 here's the thing. We know that she's going one-on-one with Britt Baker for the championship at the pay-per-view. And then 
Britt Baker comes out and cuts off the championship celebration. And I don't know about you, but to me, it's blatantly obvious that Britt Baker's winning the championship on Sunday. So why the fuck would you present the champion with a title if she's just going to presumably lose it? Less than 48 hours later, I don't under... uh, God, this this show. This looks like a really bad show. I'm just looking at it. It was. It, oh my god! What? It was. And then, why are we having a celebration of the inner, of the inner circle ahead of their stadium stampede match? Where? Oh yeah, they're celebrating ahead of a situation where if they lose, they have to break up forever. So what are they celebrating if they didn't even win the fight yet? Oh, oh, are they celebrating in case they lose and have to break up forever and never see each other again? You know, is this is this the funeral procession for the inner circle or a celebration of the inner circle? Which one is it? Oh, what a, what a terrible show! This what, like, what the fuck is? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I have to I have to go back to Jade Cargill because I was looking at. Uh, because I was looking at that match versus Kylan King. Kylan King, this one I only ever see on AEW Dark. Yeah, well, well, then you then you know more about Kylan King than I do. Oh yeah, no, but she's been on uh, Dynamite uh, before, but she's <laughs> lost. That's why I, I I know her because she's been um, spends more time on Dark than on uh, actual Dynamite. I just I don't understand it. Oh, this, it. This show was bad. Look, it would it would have made so much more sense had you had these celebrations after the two of after the two of them won their respective matches at the biggest pay per view on AEW's calendar. But no, we had to do it before, so it makes no sense whatsoever. Oh, and by the way, if Britt Baker wins that championship on Sunday? Oh no, is this a stipulation? I don't I don't know. Okay, go on, go on. What happens? But, but I'm just saying if she does, then what the fuck was that championship celebration for? Oh okay, yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the, the, this show. We would have been able to figure out that that someone had gotten a new women's championship. I mean, uh, we don't... Oh, my God. Okay. This show. Okay, you know what? Uh, let's uh, just move on. Because I, I know... I know. I already know this show is going to be in last place this week. <laughs> well, yes, it is. So let's go to something better. Let's move on to the SmackDown review. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I, I I really appreciate that. I knew you wouldn't leave me hanging. Oh God, God fucking damn it! I I need assist. I need assistance. Uh, I just I where the where the fuck is SmackDown review? I just had it up. Yeah, pause pause this real quick. All right, very good, and, and we uh, we were just informed by a uh, update in our Zoom technology that the recording has resumed itself. 
Just in case the sound of our respective voices wasn't enough of an indication to our audience. Elio, don't you hate the concept of redundancy? Yes. Uh, God damn. All right. Well, I have I have to get in a better mood now because technology's pissing me off. Okay. Uh-oh. But so Friday night SmackDown actually actually did a lot to improve my mood regarding the week that we had in, in wrestling up up to that point okay. because. The first match of the night was um, the Street Profits versus the uh, the Usos. Mm-hmm. And um, before the match even started, we get uh, an elongated promo between the Street Profits and the Usos, which was which was actually very good. Um, but then when, once they actually got into the match, they what I like the most about this is they gave it they gave it over 20 minutes and it actually had time to become an important big fight feel match, which I really uh, appreciated. Um, but uh, but having said having said that, um, I I do feel like they tried a little bit too hard. But given the fact that it's the Usos' return after a year of not being in the ring, I get it. So, and the the story throughout the evening is well, whose whose side is um. Is Jay Uso going to be on? Because now he now he's positioned himself for a tag title run with, with Jimmy, but he's still uh, Roman's bitch. So now Roman was playing with uh, with uh, Jimmy's. Uh, or, I'm sorry, um, Roman was playing with Jay's psyche all all throughout the evening like a stress ball. So that I appreciate. Um, and I'm not going to try to go move by move throughout this match. I'm just going to say uh, go back and watch this match if you missed it because it was definitely the highlight of the night. <laughs> and way to kill any momentum that you had built up for this show, Elio, or... or I t- talking talking directly to WWE creative and my co-host at the same time because Elio, can you guess what the second match of the evening was? Ryan Squad versus Natalia and Tamina. Oh God! Well, <laughs> you're you're cheating because you're looking at the match card. But well, I'm following mind... along with you, so you don't have to do this alone. Well, I, I appreciate it. God, you're you're so nice. Good Lord. I love, I love, no, I just, I love doing this fucking show with you. But my, my point, my point being, you go from a highlight of two of your best tag teams. The two of the, what, 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 one of uh, the teams that used to be good, but have been pushed so far down. Yeah, I mean, what they have done to, um, to the riot squad is fucking criminal. So apparently this was a tag team title situation. 
Oh, okay. Um, why the t- the titles were online, I don't know. So, so they defended the titles twice in a in a, in, a, in a week. Uh, yeah. Okay, I don't know why. And I, accor- sure. according to online reports, the reason why they're pushing uh, Tamina and uh, N- Natalia is because at WrestleMania, which was WWE's first opportunity to be in front of a live crowd, um, they were chanting Tamina's name during Mm -hmm. WrestleMania. So that's that's the reason why they're pushing uh, Tamina at this point. Okay. To to be fair, um, have have I been a fan of Tamina's work? No, but the fact that she's been there for 11 years and and just from the human perspective, I can appreciate that she's finally getting uh, some time to shine. Um, so that's, that's Ben Pierce, the human talking and being happy for somebody. But from a wrestling perspective, Tamina cannot wrestle her way out of a paper bag. It's just, I mean, I mean, good lord. The only the only one that can work their way through, through a paper bag faster is Nia Jax while while she's eating fast food. I mean, uh, it's this is just terrible, absolutely terrible. Speaking of not so terrible, we get Bianca Belair versus. Um, Tamina, or Carmella. Car- Car- I'm sorry, I saw Tamina on the brain. Carmella, which is a, which is a much more pleasant and yummy sight. Um, <laughs> can, 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 can we add can we add Carmella to Team Yummy, please? Yes. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, but but you know, I had I had to be honest with you. Carmella has really gotten much better. And, um, you know, of course, I didn't expect Carmella to win, but uh, the, the real story of this match was Bailey on commentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she just uh, stole the show, and it, it was just, just kind of fun. So uh, then uh, match number four was completely useless. Because it wasn't a match at all. It was an angle. It was Apollo Crews with his new lackey, Commander Commander Aziz versus Kevin Owens. And uh, can I say I cannot stand this Commander Aziz? I no, just can't. I, no, I can't either. And 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 ladies and gentlemen, the main event of the night was a tag team title rematch. With Ray and Dominic versus the Dirty Dogs, uh, I have to I have to ask a question here. Okay. Now I I understand that you want to get the show off on the right foot and and start off hot, but yeah. why why couldn't um, the, the Usos and the Street Profits be in the main event? They got they got the totally backwards. I was just about to say I would you should you should have switched the two matches around. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. I one hundred percent agree. 
Um, you know, so overall, I would have given this show a five, and the five is strictly out of respect for the first match of the night because that that was really really good. So, the rest, what what does that translate into letters? Uh, F still. Oh, okay. So we have a tie between AEW and uh, SmackDown. Yeah. Okay. So AEW gets it has an F and SmackDown has an F. Uh, UK we didn't do this week. Um, NXT. Well, no, I'm, I'm, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to put SmackDown above AEW only because of that main event. So we're gonna we're gonna give we're gonna give uh, SmackDown the D plus. Okay, D plus. All right. Okay. So um. Okay, Anna, what did we give NXT? I believe we gave that one a B, I believe. Uh, yeah, we did. I, I, get, I gave it a C minus, you gave it a B, which, uh, okay. So we'll bump that to a B. Which, uh, no, we can average that out to a solid C between the two of us. That's fine. All right. So let's take a look at the, the race this week between all four. In last place, we have AEW with F, big surprise. Then we have SmackDown with the D plus. No, sorry. Then we yeah. have, uh, no. Yeah, we have SmackDown with D plus, Raw with the D, and NXT in first place with the C. Yeah, okay. So this week, NXT uh, wins the race this week. Yeah, for the second week in a row. <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow. All right, so um, we're now going to move over to the documentaries. And before we go on, actually, um, did you see what tomorrow's documentary? What Bash Bar's back for you is? Um, this one is um. No, tomorrow night is a uh, Mick Foley. Yeah, tomorrow night is Mick Foley. Um. So. Oh, we didn't. Uh, you know what we can touch on um dark side uh, on Tuesday night the because uh, what was the episode this week what was dark side um dark side was ultimate warrior this week that's why we oh, uh... oh okay never mind all right yeah that's what you meant by the two documentaries okay all right so let's move on by the way I had to do a little name change here. Right, let me see what you called me. Here, here we go. Hold on. Oh God. I appreciate it because I am the ultimate co-host. And you see my name? Yes. Elio Elio Foley, the hardcore legend. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Elio has entirely too much fun fucking with the control system. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's uh, move on to the documentaries. What do you have for us? So I'm gonna. They were pretty much the the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um. So the A and E documentary was two hours long, and the Dark Side of the Ring was one hour long. So I'm kind of like, like, like an East biographies that they're doing. Yeah, I, I think I think the A and E biographies have turned out very very well, and um, but by and large, to be honest with you, I I found 
Darks Dark Side to be largely disappointing with the exception of of the of the the two part special focusing on Brian Pillman. Um but it was oh, speaking of that, I did uh, I did uh, and uh, I did sit down to uh, watch part two of the Brian Tillman. Man, that was sad. That episode. Yeah, that was incredibly sad. Um, but um, so like like I said, these two documentaries, both the A and E one and the Dark Side Ring, uh, mm-hmm. really really followed the same. Um, content they covered the, the same things about the rise and fall of of the ultimate warrior and then uh, the the a and e one uh, gave a lot more shine to the rede- redemption story now um, now you said that you had uh, the one you saw was the self-destruction uh, yeah I yeah, yeah that, I, that, that one was bad that one um well, that one was that one was a fucking assassination. That, yeah, that, that was that. Like, I, okay, like I under I understand that. Um, actually, you know, b- before I even before I even say anything, uh, before we really hop into this, let me have let me uh, just offer a little bit of a disclaimer. Okay, I am much younger, so. Um, so my, my knowledge of Ultimate Warrior and, and the WWE is very limited to, uh, you know, to documentaries such as this one, um, because he was just, he was before my time. Uh, you know, I started, I started watching wrestling in 93 and he was out of WWE by 92 and didn't come back to WCW when I started seeing him until 1996. So um, to be fair, from a, from, a career, from a career perspective, I am very unfamiliar with, with the Ultimate Warrior, which is, which is very, um, which, is an, which is an anomaly for someone like me uh, who has been watching wrestling as long as I have, and to say that I really don't know anything about the in-ring aspect of the Ultimate Warrior, which is pretty much the only major star of that time frame that I can say that about. But I'm I'm just being honest with you. So, so the only things I ever heard about the Ultimate Warrior really started with. Um, you know, WCW and then the self-destruction of the ultimate warrior. And then, uh, so it really, it really seemed that dark side of the ring was going to be setting the same tone as the self-destruction of the ultimate warrior, because the first thing that we hear is uh, Eric Bischoff comparing him to a bolt of lightning uh, dressed up as a, uh, as a real life superhero, and Jim, Jim, Cor- Jim Cornette was like, I've never seen anyone rise and fall as quickly as he did. Um, do, uh, do, do they remember a wrestler named the Renegade that they brought into WCW? Because that was terrible. That was an Ultimate Warrior ripoff. Well, 
But see, they didn't, they, and this is the other weird thing. Dark Side of the Ring did not, did not cover um, Ultimate Warrior in WCW. And neither did, um, and neither did the A&E biography. They didn't touch on WCW at all. But that, that's where Eric Bischoff knew all about Ultimate Warriors, WCW. Like, I, I, unless he did watch the uh, Mammoth when the Warrior was there. Well, I don't, I don't know, but either way, they didn't touch on WCW, which, which I found to be very strange. Okay, that, all right, that's weird. Yeah, I thought so too, um, but um, but so so like I said, um, some of this really started off as an assassination piece, um, particularly talking about dark side of the ring, because you know we've heard everything that the naysayers have had to say about Ultimate Warrior and. Uh, Jim Cornette and, and Jim Ross said the same things that they, we've always heard them say on this documentary. So it was, it was a little bit unbalanced. And um, the, 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 weird, the weirdest thing was that the A&E biography had Dana, had, um, Dana Warrior on it, his, 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 his his wife at the time of his death and they had been married for a long time. I can't stand her. Yeah. So, something, something about her just really uh, rubs me the wrong remember way. Remember when they brought her in, they, she thought she was a writer. Well, she, I think she's still in the company. Oh, I she is. Maybe that's why, maybe that's why WF kind of sucks. <laughs> I, I I think so, but I could be wrong, but I think so. Um, and then and then the um, the dark side of the ring had his ex-wife uh, on there. So oh, okay. it, was, it was very weird. And so um, all throughout the week leading up to Dark Side of the Ring, I had been reading online that. Uh, Dana Warrior had called the Dark Side of the Ring documentary um, filth and smut and all all of this. Um, oh. Well, apparently, apparently it was because his ex-wife was all over it, which which that makes sense because if I was her, just being fair, and I'm just being fair, um, if if my if my significant others ex-wife who hadn't been married to him in over 30 years was documented on something about his career, I would be fucking pissed the fuck off. Having said that, I thought that um, that his ex-wife presented her st- herself very well, um, whereas Dana Warrior did not. She just, there's something about Dana Warrior that just comes off very fake to me. And you know, know. What, I, you know what I really hate is this Warrior Award. It's, it was a nice idea, but I don't like uh, the, like, uh, I don't like, like, how they've, like, turned it from, uh, like, a nice idea into, like, something completely different. No, it, all it is now is a publicity stunt. Mm-hmm. 
it was nice when they did it for Connor because Connor's awesome and so was and so is JJ Robertson. But ever ever since then, and and look, another award winner was Eric Legrand. His story was awesome. But what does he have to do with WWE? To my knowledge, he wasn't even a fan. Um, but you know, so I'm not taking anything away from those individuals. But it it was just a it's just a publicity stunt. Yep. At this point, the I think the last award they had, or the I'm sorry, the last two awards given out because they gave out two at the at the most recent Hall of Fame. Induction ceremony. Was it one of them, uh, something uh, from one of the uh, cancer research society? No, no, it was a long time employee of the of the WWF, and then the, the previous year was um, um, was like Sue Atchison who heads up their Make a Wish Foundation. So that, it's that's right. That's sorry. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah. Okay. So it's just it's just a way for WWE to stroke their own ego because because th- three all three to, all three of the most recent awards have been didn't, given didn't, to didn't, hold on, WWE didn't, employees. Didn't Titus O'Neil win it? Yeah, he won it in the uh, in the 2021 version. So it was <laughs> it was Titus O'Neil. <laughs> As, oh. And in the 2021, I forget his name. It, it, it was Ron something. He had been an employee there since like 1976 or something. It, it's just a, I just don't like it. It's just a way for them to stroke their own ego. I I, I swear to God, it's it's sickening. Um, but um, but other other than other than those two uh, big differences. And the fact that um, the the A and the, the A and E documentary gave a lot more shine to the redemption story of Ultimate Warrior, and the fact that it was two hours versus one, um, you know, we got we got a lot of the we got a lot of the same storylines that we've been hearing about Ultimate Warrior forever. You know how, how challenging he was to work with. Um, you know the destrucity idea. I still don't know what the fuck destrucity means. Um, the the whole the whole controversy. I'm not taking calls right now. Yeah, the whole controversy at UConn, um, where he, where he gave a speech about his conservative viewpoints and and how he was bashing gay people and all that other stuff. You know, calling them, uh, calling them the other F word, and going and going after. Uh, oh wow! The the transsexual community as well. Um, it, it, it's just it's just not a, not a good look. Oh. Um, and so, he, and 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 uh, in his YouTube video, he was going off on Hulk Hogan about a, a lot of things Hogan was doing. Wow! But then, but then, at, at, in to, to your point, at the end of the A and E um, biography, they showed the clip where um, Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan are making amends 
after the um, or before the um, the ceremony. So it, you know, oh, but you have to keep in mind that WWE themselves are behind the A and E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're gonna present it as as best as they possibly can to make WWE come out looking like a rose. Um, Although I don't think there's any need for Bruce Pritchard to be all over these shows because he doesn't bring nothing. He doesn't. Well, Bruce Pritchard wasn't on this one. uh, Thank God, because he's just a waste. Uh, You know, um, I just yeah. No, we we already know about. We already talked about him to death. But to tell you the truth, I, I, don't, I don't think either, I mean, w, WWE's biography tried to put him in a positive light, but um, Ultimate Warrior. Oh, okay. Um, but, but either, I, either way, I don't, I don't think um, either the Dark Side of the Ring or A&E was very successful. I, th- I think it's just a matter of you know how each person remembers warrior because like i have a i have a like for instance right so i i just admitted to you that i'm not overly familiar with the uh the early career of of ultimate warrior because i was young but even even getting semi-familiar with him uh being a historian um somewhat um, you know, his his promos are hard to understand, and he really can't wrestle. Um, so I was never really, I was never really going to be a fan, of, regardless. But on the on the other hand, um, with the way that he was presented as like a superhero and being there for the kids and whatever. I have a I have a friend who has Ultimate Warriors ta- like tattoos. So, oh, wow. so you know it's just a, it's just a matter of of how the character either resonated or didn't resonate with that particular. And I, I I just sent you a, a a picture. Yeah. So let me um let me open that up. And then, uh, then we will move on to uh, our uh, double or nothing prediction. Well, before the, before that, I'm going to tell you a quick Ultimate War story. Oh, please do, because I've I've been talking too much, and I okay, need to so, take a sip of Mandu. But let me let me uh, see this picture situation. <clears throat> oh, hold on. Let me let me move you over here. Oh, and, uh, oh okay. So yeah, uh, that 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 was uh, November nineteen eighty eight. I had that magazine. I remember we were at the store and I saw on the shelf. I bought myself a copy. Oh, very good. That was, was that was the first uh, the Ultimate Warrior uh, magazine that I had. I was five months old at that point. And uh, prior to that, of course, did they bring up his Dingle Warrior? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what's, uh, what, what a name, Dingle that, Warrior. That was that was atrocious. Okay, that so was, he was, that was like the Kmart version of uh, Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> okay, so here's my story. Okay, because I'm uh, so hold on. 
So uh, because I, I was an Ultimate Warrior fan, like he entered the WWF in 1987 as the Ultimate Warrior, and then in uh, 1988 uh, he uh, defeated the Honky Tonk Man at SummerSlam to become the champion. The Intercontinental Champion. Right? Yeah, he, he replaced Bruce Barber Beefcake in that match. Um, so at this time, right, I was like a fan of the Warrior, like I was right. a big fan of the Warrior. So. At the start, my mom was working at the grocery store that was like 15 minutes away from my house, my house, 15, 20 minutes away. So I used to go bike riding all around my area and I used to ride the bike up to go and see her at the store. All right. Yeah. So I don't know what I was thinking one day. I had like these neon shoelaces. I tied them around my arms and I got on my bike and I rode up to the store to see my mom with these shoelaces tied around my arms like the warrior used to have. Well, that's cool. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and like I'm walking in, people are looking at me because they see me with like these uh, tassels hanging from my arms. <laughs> oh, that's, that's hilarious. Well played, sir. Well played. My mom was like, what are you doing? Like, she thought, she thought I looked like ridiculous. Like, people laugh, I'm like, like, let them laugh. Yeah, well, it, it's wrestling after all. The the, oh, yeah. uh, the outfits are ridiculous. You and I so, can agree so to that. So that was just my, my quick story there. Yeah, that mess awesome. Well, like, like I said, it, it lends itself to the point where I think I think the Ultimate Warrior's legacy is really up for interpretation as to how, you know, each individual, you know, remembers him. So that's what, that's what I got out of it. So. All right. So, Ben, what do you think we move on to our AEW predictions here? Yeah, for uh, Double or Nothing. Double Absolutely. or Nothing, which takes place tomorrow night. Let me just pull yeah. this up here. Yes, which, which means that my producer will have to be extra quick with getting this um, getting this um, prediction show up. So, predict. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was getting that mixed up with the reaction show. <laughs> okay, so uh, there's still a Daily's Place. Okay. Yeah, but see, they're going back. When are they going back to live crowds, though? Like, I mean, like, we're actually, like, traveling around. I think at some point in August. Okay, because I know, like, WWE is going in July 18th. Is their their start? July 16th. Right, 16th. Yes, the 18th, I believe it's Money in the Bank. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, so we got double or nothing. Sorry. I think so. Yeah, yeah, it's many because I have it written down. All right, okay. so um, we got double or nothing tomorrow night from Daily's Place. All right, the buy-in show. We have an NWA Women's Championship match. Serena Deeb versus Riho. Uh, Serena Deeb. Yeah, Serena Deeb. Riho's not gonna win. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't think so. Okay, so, so we're gonna go from bottom, bottom to top. Yeah, bottom to top. So we're gonna start with the Young Bucks defending their tag team championships against John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. 
Uh, I I would still say the Young Bucks since they just since they just recently won them. Okay. I wanna, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna just to be different. I'm gonna go with the opposite. I'm gonna pick Mox and Kingston because I, I I like this team. Well, I well no, I mean I absolutely love Kingston and Moxley. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm I just, saying that, I, and I think they work really well together. So no, I can, I, I didn't see them actually uh, being champ, being tag team champions. Yeah, I'm I'm just I'm just I mean I would like for um them to win the titles at some point. I just don't see that that happening right now. Okay. Next we have. Sting and Darby Allen versus Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. I think I think Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky because I think they need the victory uh, much more than uh, Sting and Darby Allen. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page as well because uh, actually we had uh, we had this as a topic on my other show where uh, we asked if. Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page were just going to be some team thrown together or whether whether they were going to make an impact or whether they were going to fail. So this is their chance to... So, so in, in order to make a significant impact, I think that they need to, they need to win this match on AEW's yeah. biggest stage. Next, we have... Okay... Yeah, I guess uh, you. This wouldn't be the main event this time. We have the Stadium Stampede match, Inner Circle versus the Pinnacle. If the Inner Circle lose, they have to disband. Well, I, well, th- th- this is this is this is this is my issue. Obviously, I don't think Inner Circle disbands. I think that that hurts AEW too much in the long run, and plus. They have to. Um, they have to get revenge after after the Pinnacle getting the win and MJF uh, shoving Jericho off the cage at uh, Blood and Guts. So, um, so you know, I just as much as I like the Pinnacle and as much as I think that their promos are great, I think I think it's much better if. Inner, inner Circle and the Pinnacle remain both in AEW because th- they can they can feed off of each other and, and feud in the long term, and and just in terms of the Inner Circle, I think if they break up, then that's a huge loss for the Inner Circle or for AEW in general. Yeah, so, I'm good with the Inner Circle. Absolutely. So for those reasons that I just laid out, I want to have to go with Inner Circle. And just uh, as a side note, I was looking up uh, Sammy Guerrero, and uh, actually, did you know that he he was trained by Reality of Wrestling? Isn't that Booker T's company? Yes. Yeah. Wow. And I yes, I did know that. No, I didn't know that. That's why I was looking that up. Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah. No. All right, next. Okay. Miro versus Lance Archer for the TNT Championship. Um, I'm going with Miro. Absolutely. He just. I'm sorry, Lance. I just think what AEW's done to you is terrible, but I'm going to have to go with Miro. He 
has been made irrelevant and in order for them to resurrect him they have got to make him look like a monster now that they put the tnt title on him next we have adam page versus brian cage um adam page i'm gonna have to go with adam page as well on this one then we have the Casino Battle Royal. The winner gets a future AEW World Championship match. Um, so okay, some of the names in this one we have Christian Cage, Matt Seidel, Hobbs, Penta, Jungle Boy, Matt Hardy. Why? We have a private party in there, Butcher and the Blade, Dark Order, uh Varsity Blondes, The Acclaimed, and uh, The Factory. Um, Why is Matt Hardy in this? I, I, well, I don't know. Go home. But, <laughs> yeah, but I think um, if it was me, I would have, I would have Christian Cage win it. Yeah, this is his chance. He says he's there to outwork everyone, so this is his chance to show us that he can outwork everyone. Well, but but aside from the whole storyline of outwork everyone, which I think is really stupid. It is stupid. But but just because, like, if... Okay, they just brought him into the fold. You know, he says he wants to compete um, for the world title. That's his goal. Um, the the next part of it, this is his first pay per view with the company, um, and then the last the last part of it is all he's been doing is jaw jacking with um with Team Taz. So I I think he um he has to he has to come in and make a statement. How many matches has he had? Two right on that yeah, night. Two. Wow. And um, so I I think I think. I think that this has to be Christian Cage's night and nobody else really jumps off the page at me in terms of needing a victory because a lot of these guys are still uh, in development. You know, if, and, uh, and, and that they're mostly teams in this too. Like what, you're going to just, you're going to have like the acclaim go after the, the AEW championship? Well, no, but, but, if if Christian Cage wasn't in it, my pick would be Penta. But then mm-hmm. again, like what what has he done lately? So because because to my understanding, Ray Phoenix is injured. So oh, I see. They're, they're not. I don't think that they would do anything with with Penta while his brother's injured. Um, but actually, you know what? I'm sorry, I'm wrong. Uh, Butcher and Blade. Only the Blade is in this match, which is surprising. They don't have the. They don't even have the Butcher in there. Well, that that's very strange. But um, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with Christian Cage because he he he's really the only name that jumps off the page. Our next match, I do not care about this match. Cody Rose versus Anthony Goguchi. I wonder who's going to win. Oh, please. Kiss my ass. You know, this is just, like, really stupid. You know, we all know it's going to be Cody. We all know that. 
And then he and then he he announces on on Twitter after his after his promo a few weeks ago. Yeah, that that promo where I was really pro-American that was done in front of a focus group ahead of time. Uh, hey, Cody, as much as what? I respect, I yeah, I don't know, but you know, it's just as much as I respect Cody, and I really do. I, I think I think he's I think he's a good guy. Um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm cheering for his success. And I want, I want with, with everything in my soul for AEW to be successful. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart, but they, they got to stop with this, with, with this, you know, Cody Rhodes is the next golden boy of professional wrestling. Uh, did you see his other tweet as well though? That he uh, he considers that to be the best promo of his life that he's cut. Oh my god! No, it's not. Yes, we, please. We we we, just... we we pulled the fans and uh, they were divided. Fifty percent said it was. Fifty said it wasn't. <laughs> uh, no, no. Well, well, the fi- well the fifty percent that said it wasn't. They clearly had their uh, thinking caps on and, and hats off to them. Now it's the other fifty percent. I don't know what the fuck you're watching, <laughs> but you know. All right, the next match for the AEW Women's Championship: Britt Baker versus Hikaru Shida. I'm going with Britt Baker. Me too, absolutely. And in the main event, it is a three-way match for the AEW World Championship: Kenny Omega versus Orange Cassidy versus Pac. Yeah, I'm going with Omega, the Bell Collector. Yeah, absolutely, no question about it. All right, so that is our predictions for AEW. Ben, we see we bring this show to a close. Absolutely. All right, fans. AEW tomorrow night. Um, we're going to be back on Tuesday with our reaction show for Ben. I'm Elio. This is the PNC Progress Wrestling Podcast. We will talk to you all on Tuesday. Ben, say goodnight to the fans. Good night, people. Enjoy the weekend because I know I will. It's fire, it's freedom, it's fun, open. It's the preacher and the puppet and you blind devotion. There's something